This is the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Blanc, episode 189. Let's do this. You're listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast, where we'll talk about all aspects of buying apartment buildings with a special focus on raising money from others. And now, your hosts, Michael Blanc. Hey, 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 and welcome to the show. I am your host, Michael Blanc, where it's all about financial freedom with real estate investing, but maybe not in the way you think, which is usually single family houses. No, people actually start with single family house investing and then quietly do it with apartment buildings. Today, though, I'm going to talk to you women on the show, and there's probably not that many on the show because if you are part of my audience, I know statistically that 80% are men and only 20% are women. However, having said that, at the last event we had a Dealmaker Live, there was a lot of women there, a lot of spouses that were there, and I find that that's just amazing. Nevertheless, though, the observation is that there's not a lot of women in the multifamily investing business. In fact, there's not many women as entrepreneurs at all. And I wanted to kind of talk to you women today, but I'm not really an expert on that. So I'm bringing someone on. Her name is Olenka Cullinan. Olenka is actually a life coach, and she focuses basically on helping women achieve their full potential in business. And she ha she creates this whole thing. She has boot camps and, and coaching programs. She calls her tribe the Sparkle Tribe. Okay, but she's a real firecracker. You'll get to see her in just a, in just a minute. But we're really talking to you women out there because there needs to be more women in this space. And I'm always... A little bit surprised that there are not many women, but Olenka kind of talks about that. She describes why there's not that many women entrepreneurs. What is it that's different about women and men? Why are there not more? And uh, she also, however, says that there are every woman has a message inside them to help other women specifically. But really, what holds most women back and how can they overcome their biggest limiting beliefs and their obstacles and are slightly different uh, than men. And how are they different when it comes to entrepreneurship? And how can women be leaders without necessarily being in the limelight? So let's get right into the show here with Olenka Cullinan. Olenka, welcome to the show today. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. Thanks, Michael. Yeah, it was great hanging out with you a little bit and getting to know you a little bit. And what I loved about you is your spunk and your energy for empowering women. And one of my observations that, that I've had is that there are very few women in multifamily investing. And we had a great banter back and forth. And I thought, hey, shoot, we should do this on the air. So really, yes. really glad to have you on, on the show. So you were telling me that you really came to this country with very, very little money in your in your pocket. And today you, you're a public speaker, uh, best-selling author, you have coaches and live events. So yeah. just catch us up a little bit on Olenka. Where'd you come from and what happened the last few years? Yes, absolutely. As you can tell from my accent, I'm not from Texas. I'm actually, what? yes, born and raised in Russia, moved here right before I turned 21. And yes, by little money, Michael was needing little money. I came actually with $450 borrowed it from my uncle. If you know anything about my uncle, he's a very savvy business person. So I've paid it back since with interest. And, you know, the story kind of started there, but I grew up in a family that was very dichotomous. My mom was a diehard entrepreneur out on the limb, built a company and ran it for 37 years. And then my father was a government official. So I kind of saw both sides, a very conservative, but then also living the entrepreneurial lifestyle. 
very early on understood how much freedom comes with being an entrepreneur, but also realized how much work comes with that. So stepped away for a little bit from entrepreneurship, moved here, put myself for college, uh, and in the process realized that I really miss being an entrepreneur and going back there, actually started my first business called Rising Tycoons uh, and taught young kids, you know, 14, 17 year olds. That's why I'm a big believer in business. You can teach anybody anything because we literally took 14, 15 and 17 year olds and taught them how to get their ideas, make them marketable and turn them into businesses. But in the process, very early on, realized that there were no girls coming into my program. And then as I ventured on further and got on board with being a venture mentor for a local university here in Phoenix, saw that out of cohort of 189 students, only about 40 were girls. And I was like, whoa, that's major. And then obviously being in business arena since I was young. And then later in my years, as I started speaking all over the country, especially in finance industry, investment industry, started seeing how few women I really are in those circles. And it was sad and mind blowing. So yes, I made it my purpose to bring more women to that level. Yeah, that's great. Now, why did you start Rising Tycoons? That's interesting. You know, I uh, because my brother, <laughs> this is where my mother gets to say I told you so, because my brother and I made a pact that we are not going to take over her business. And I decided to become a teacher. I taught high school for about seven years and quickly realized it was like a holdover period. Kids had no idea what they were passionate about. They were just there kind of moving through the ranks but really no idea and no life skills. So I wanted, and I started thinking about myself. How did I become this way? And I realized it was because my mother dragged me with her everywhere. You know, I went to every business meeting, most of the investment meetings, most of the negotiation meetings with her and learned the skills and the process. And so I wanted more young kids learn that experience. What was that experience like starting something new, right? Because it's kind of an untried. Did you know it was going to work? I mean, what were your thoughts as you were going oh. through that? No, I had no idea if it was going to work. I obviously was dealing with education system, which is very rigid at times. And, you know, we had to get through a lot of red tape, obviously, to deliver the materials to bring, because we were using entrepreneurs and investors just like you, bringing them into schools and, you know, getting them in front of students and to get them excited about real world because there's so, you know, there's so little exposure for them for the real world. So no, I had no idea. I made a lot of mistakes. Uh, one of the things I say to this day, you have to get mentors early. <laughs> you know, you and I know that mentors do change a lot of things for you. And that was one of the, honestly, my biggest mistakes early on in the business. I didn't ask for help. And for the longest time, I literally, you know, I basically was not growing my business. I was sitting very in a stale place for a very long time because I was scared to ask for help. And I think that's where I started learning though, how different women operate than men in business. That's interesting. Yeah. So if you could have a conversation with your younger self, uh, what would you have, and you are your own mentor now, which, you know, what would you have told yourself to do differently or, or better? Definitely, you know, go in, find mentors very early on, all in various across. I mean, you shouldn't have one mentor. Like if you're an investor in real estate, you should have a mentor in that arena. Just like if you have a coach for your personal self-development, it should be in that arena. So you, like I'm a big believer in multiple coaches who are all pros and, you know, specialize in a niche. So yeah, definitely asking for, looking for mentors early on, but also bringing more people on board to like, because women do this one thing very differently where we do this, I got this 
a lot when we don't got this. And so, yeah, I would definitely say ask for help more and bring people to share your vision. Yeah, that's that's great. Now, so do you still do the Rising Tycoons? Is that something no, you still Rising do? Tycoons was actually sold and passed on as a program to Discovery Education and that I knew it was not going to be a legacy company. It was more of a lifestyle company because I didn't want to get into the government grants. So it was a pay-per-play model. And then honestly, because I saw how, like I was pretty devastated by the whole women, lack of women presence, I definitely wanted to switch. I mean, I do a lot of young girls work still. So I work with a lot of young women and young girls in schools just as my personal passion projects. But that company has been passed on. All right. So you observed there's very few women in business in general, and you want to do something about it. 100%. I mean, honestly, I didn't. Like, let's, here's the real, real story. Uh, The 100% honest story I grew up with a brother who is seven and a half years older than me. I was kind of like 50% tomboy. I've been in business arena around men with my mom. Didn't really realize it was the case, but it was very natural for me to be around men. So when I saw this, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I wonder why. And so I started reflecting on that. And actually, one of my guy friends sat me down and he said, What are you going to do about it? this. I said, well, I don't really know because I've never really worked with women. He said, but you are one. Uh, we had a good laugh and literally started. He said, uh, well, don't you start first? Because I always preach that. I always use that hashtag. I start first. And he said, well, don't you just start? And I said, ha, huh, that's a good idea. And we literally on the spot went and bought that domain. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing that. But my first event, true story, my very first boot camp that I ran in Phoenix We literally did not market that. And I was kind of hoping that nobody showed up, (laughs) but 40 women showed up and that's how the whole thing got started. That's amazing. So, so a lot of people that said women are thinking about, or maybe thinking about doing something like that. Now you're just kind of doing this stuff. You're just, we'll get back to why no, but you're going back to why do you just do these things? Do you feel that there's a, a good business plan behind it? Do you do it because it's something you love to do? Or why are you even doing these things? And you, you know, you even said you don't want even people to show up anymore. So, so what, explain <laughs> well, now that. Well, I do. Now I do at the beginning. So yeah. now there is obviously strategy and intention and business plan and everything. Uh, at the beginning, it was that urge to how do I fix that? You know, I'm always like I've always been a big believer, and obviously you come in here with four hundred fifty dollars that started very early on that hey, nobody's coming to save you, right? Like if you want to change something in your life, if you want to do something better and that goes for everything, invest in business, build in relationships. If you want to have anything better in your life, you're going to change that. And the only person who can really start that change is you. Yes, you can bring more help and mentors, but all of that comes in the process. But the first initial baby step, that first initial push, that has to come from you. And so at the beginning, I literally started it and said, let's see what market wants. And I was very much unfolding the business that way because when originally I started with the boot camps online, I wasn't planning to do live events, but then all these women started reaching out saying, hey, you know, what else do you have? We really want to meet each other in person. And I thought, hmm, well, I spoke at about 150 events. I think I have a pretty good gauge what's, you know, what's working and what's not at that point. So I brought on a live event. Then women, you know, started going for my boot camps, reaching a certain level of success. So they started saying, well, who do we go to if we need next step? Like, where do we go next level? So I started coaching them next level, taking one-on-one clients. So all of that came kind of gradually. And I think honestly, a lot of times with even big businesses, I see that even with the clients that I coach who are at like C-level and above, they don't listen to their audience. 
And that's where you miss major opportunities for your business. Like you have to listen to the people you serve because they will give you ideas that they will buy. They will give you those nuggets that you need to create into a product or a service for them to buy from you. And a lot of times we don't do that. Yeah, that's that's so true. I, I love that. Now let's talk about the, the matter at hand here. There appear to be very few you know, women in business. Clearly in multifamily, that's the case. I would say my audience is probably 80% men, 20% women. And some of those are willing and unwilling victims for some part. Now, is this, do you think, is this kind of a pervasive thing where women really aren't involved in any kind of entrepreneurship or business? And, and if so, why, why do you think that is? You know, I'm going to start this with a funny story. It, it, I mean, everything happens in life serendipitously because yesterday I was at a small workshop and I ran into a woman who is a real estate investor here in Phoenix. And I told her about your podcast that I'm going to be on it. And she said, you know, I have a funny story for you. First time I went to a women's event and every woman who is listening and man, you should, you'll get the point too. Uh, I was in a women's bathroom and there was no line. And she said, I was so excited about that because my first time at an event, I was in a women's bathroom and I was excited because there was no line. And so, but then she said, it made me really sad when I realized why. And that's pretty much exactly my feeling. You know, it's funny, but it's kind of funny, sad. Um, yeah, I honestly think it's a combination of things. It's a combination, which is very interesting dichotomy, you know, especially in investing. It's kind of like mind boggling for me because it's a known fact that women do carry about 80% of buying power. So, but yet they're so shy of making the moves. They're so shy of even often, and you know, for anybody who's listening, who maybe investing with your partner, you know, women are often, even if they have ideas and want to execute, will hold back from saying that out loud, from making the proposal, from making the move. So I think part of it is our brain. Uh, the fact that a lot of their bringing still comes with, you know, you do, you are going to be that supportive role in the family. You're supposed to be the wife, the mother, and obviously it takes a great, I mean, I'm a mother myself. It takes a great deal of my time to taking care of my daughter. So part of it comes with being in that partnership, right? And women do tend to think, but how am I going to do all this? How am I going to give up my partnership and be a partner and a mother and be present, but also do this major deals? So, but, and honestly, part of it is a societal drive too, even though right now we have this huge movement for women empowerment and, you know, and bringing more women into leadership positions and business and marketplace, but it still comes with a territory, you know, women still face quite a few things that where they have to, you know, sort of earn their stripes, show up in that certain place and be treated by like men, by men. I'm not saying you need to, and that's where I think confusion comes sometimes too because a lot of women they think they have to be a bro to be in the investment world but it's not the case you don't need to be a bro you actually because women bring a lot of other characteristics to the table that men don't have and for any man who's listening if you don't have women on your team like go recruit them today i'm telling you yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Every, every, every unique story. People always ask, oh, should I start a podcast? Should I write a book? There's already so many out there. And the answer is yes, because you only have, you have a very unique story. I had this conversation with a woman at, at my conference last week as well. And she goes, oh, I'm not sure if I should do this. There's so many men out there. And I was like, yeah, but, and then this other lady was like, yeah, but you're not a man. Just like you were saying, you're not a man. Yeah, like absolutely. you have a very unique perspective right. and your right. story is going to attract a certain person, absolutely. possibly female, and they're going to obviously yeah. repel the male. And that's, right. That's fine. That's perfectly yeah. fine. You got to be who you are. I mean, talk a little bit about building your brand a little bit and and maybe there's a confidence thing. This is not just a, a female thing. It's also a male thing. 
Most people yeah. don't think they have a brand or they have anything meaningful to say. Right. Uh, what's your counsel to women who feel like they're not an expert, they don't have anything to say? Well, I mean, honestly, this will go to men or women who think they are not an expert. Well, first of all, it's, you know, you hear that all the time. It's about the message, which I don't agree with. I actually think it's more so about the messenger. And, you know, especially for women, uh, if you ever work with women, that's for all the men who are trying to bring more women investors or bring more women to invest with, women operate a little bit differently. So women actually tend to like to get information from different sources before they make a decision. We actually operate in a very cyclical matter. We like hearing similar message from multiple sources and men's sources included before we make that educated decision. So that should encourage you even more so because there are people, there's like actually a whole category of people in the world who are women who like to read four or five books, listen to two, three podcasts and hear the same message from different messengers for them to make that decision. It's actually a you know, scientifically proven buying trend for women. So if you think that you don't have a story, you absolutely do. You know, everything you go through in your life is a story. And I'm telling you right now, there are people out there today who are praying to have the life you have right now that you're not happy with. Okay. So let me say that again. There are people out there today who are literally waiting and praying for the life that you are maybe not happy with right now. So all of it really stemming from your confidence. You know, you can't out invest, out run, out buy your own mindset. It's only your own limitations that are holding you from telling that story. And a lot of times I actually, with my clients, call it selfish. I call it a selfish trait because if you have something inside you that may possibly help 5, 10, 20, 50, 100,000 people out there, but you're holding it back from sharing, that's you being selfish. That's not you being nice. That's you saying, you know what, I'm going to sit on that gold nugget and I'm not going to let anybody listen to that, read it, hear that. So you need to go and share that because, and it's not easy. Everybody's like, oh, you know, Michael, it's easy. I'm sure you hear that all the time. You had hundred some episodes, 150 plus episodes, almost 200, I think at this point of podcasts, you know, you speak, it's so easy for you because you're around people. Well, it's not easy because you didn't start with 200 episodes. You started with one, just like I started with one speech. And for anybody who wants to know more about me, you can read up on my website, but I used to start it. I have an accent. Do you know how many people told me that I could never speak? I've done two TEDx talks today. So I would argue, you know, against my success. I would argue with the fact that I now have two published books that both went Amazon bestsellers. So your story only starts with one word, one page, one podcast episode. And really, you just have to share that and not be selfish. Yeah, I think confidence is a, is a huge thing. I remember when I first got started, when I started first blogging about apartment building, raising money, I had only done a single deal and I was very self-conscious about that. And I was like, "How? I am not an expert. Why should I be blogging? But what I found was that I had done one more deal than everybody else did. And people were really hungry for information about how to do that first deal. It doesn't matter if I did the second, third or fourth deal. Right. It was that one deal. And then I realized that everyone can help someone else, right? Absolutely. Everyone's got something. They've done one, something that someone else has not done and mm -hmm. therefore they can help them. What are some of the mindset issues? You talked about limiting beliefs a little bit. What are some, some of the limiting beliefs that you feel is maybe a more of a female thing versus a, a male thing? Like what do, you, what do you feel that is holding a lot of women back? Uh, definitely confidence. I mean, doubt, self-doubts and those, you know, fears that are maybe not even existent. The, I would say 
probably number one is imposter syndrome for women. It's that it's, I'm not an expert. How could I step into this part and educate somebody else? But it's exactly to your point, you know, five more things than somebody else does that makes you an expert in those five things. So go share that. And then definitely the, the doubt that I am not enough, you know, how could I uh, compete? There are so many people out there. Women tend to fall into comparison pattern very quickly, but it's not about competing. I mean, first of all, collaboration gets you a lot further in any business. And if you do it properly, you grow fast and rise faster, but definitely stay away from the competition. I literally teach my clients that if there are certain things on social media that do not add joy to them or start to make them compete, I encourage them to remove that out of their life temporarily, whether it's an account they need to stop following or literally stop reading certain blogs basically whoever it is that's driving you into that competition mode remove yourself temporarily it's definitely a female trait it's definitely getting like i said multiple resources and you know needing that like extra validation you know we need that support system i always like the reason i call my you know in i start first all the women kind of go for my programs i call them the sparkle tribe well sparkle is super girly obviously but also it's a reminder for them that you're not meant to do things alone women are much more tribal you know, a guy can go online, read about Michael, read about your investment strategy, go buy a building. A woman will have to go read that strategy, go read five more, go talk to her husband, her mother-in-law, her friend, and then they will make that decision. So they are way more tribal and they need that like group support. But at the same time, you know, once they make their decision, they're way more long-term and committed and they will keep showing up a lot longer than a guy sometimes would. So there's more consistency, you think? For sure. For sure. They, once women make that decision, they, you know, they want that everybody wins. They are very much into that everybody wins mentality. So the reason women don't quit on businesses as quickly as guys do, which is a bad thing sometimes, because sometimes women have a hard time pivoting or saying, this is not working. Let me walk away. Let me find something else. One of the reasons for that is because they want everybody to win. And once they take that responsibility that, you know, like in investment world, if I have multi-unit, I have renters right I can't just quit because all these people are losing their you know their shelter so women want that community by the way here's a five-second strategy for everybody who wants more women to invest with them if you present a deal to a man you will most likely give them numbers and if the numbers are good they will buy into it and they love it if you present the same deal to women don't just give them numbers tell them this is gonna benefit the community like this all these families are going to have opportunity to do this with their kids. So if you show them that everyone wins mentality, they're way more likely to work with you. Okay, so that's very interesting. I mean, I think some of the things you mentioned is like confidence and not being enough. I mean, men are affected by the same thing. I mm -hmm. think the only difference is that men maybe are, are wired to be a little bit more confident and not enough thing. Men are wired more to be more competitive and maybe naturally tend to make up for those things. Mm -hmm. and, and it's less, maybe less likely on, on that. And But then the other, it's interesting you mentioned about the consistency once they're there and the everybody wins because those are weaknesses of men, right? Men tend to peter out. Oh, this is loss is excitement. It's too hard. And they, they stop doing what they're doing. And the men, many don't have the everybody wins attitude. They have I win attitude. And that's really all that, that counts. So it seems to me like really the main, main hurdle is getting women over that hump and helping them have that confidence that they are enough to have something to contribute. Because once they're in the game, they're in the game, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that's, that's I mean, honestly, it's such... 
it seems like a small factor for a lot of men, but it's such a huge factor for a lot of women. And that's that little bit of support. If you give them at the beginning, if you give them a little, it's honestly, it's a lot of times it's even something as small as words, right? The words of encouragement of telling them, you got this, you can do this. I mean, no joke, but a lot of times when I work with women clients and it's such a like eye opener for me, even though I'm a woman too, but sometimes I'm like, wow, is that really what it takes? I feel like old grandma, you know, like their grandmas and they love them, their grandkids and they just sit there and they observe them doing something. Like if they try walking for the first time and they're like, you got this baby, you do this, you know, this is working out. Look how great you at this. And literally, this is sometimes what I do for my clients and the results, like the jump is mind blowing. I'm like, wow, we just need more women or more men supporting them and going, Hey, you got this. Like this is this first deal is going to be the best, maybe not the best deal, but we will make it through this. You, you can do this too. Like you are just as smart, just as brilliant, just as outgoing, whatever it is. So sometimes it's really small push that creates a just extraordinary difference. Yeah, it's, it's similar. There's not very many multifamily investors. So every multifamily investor is essentially on a, on a lone island all by themselves, yeah. right? And, and men are the same way. Mm -hmm. And if they stay on that island, they're not going to be very encouraged and they're more likely to give up versus going to, say, in a multifamily investing event where there's other crazy people like them <laughs> and all of a sudden, you know, or they're in some kind of mastermind and now they're, yeah. they're getting that support because no one around them does what they do. So same thing with women, women entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. There's, I mean, how many women entrepreneurs are there? Not many, right? So look yeah. around and there's no women entrepreneurs. You feel like you're you're the, the the outlier the crazy one there's no one giving you any kind of support you know how can how can women overcome that it's what you said it's the same thing you have to reach out to other women who are dealing with the same situations you have to reach out to women who maybe have gone through trials and tribulations and are succeeding right now it's finding mentors and getting into masterminds and coaching and i mean remember your coach you know sometimes people you know i will hear pushback from women and men both like well of course i wish i could go see tony robbins or i could go see john maxwell or i can go see you know whoever the rich dad poor dad you know robert kiyosaki but I don't have the money. I don't have the dollars, but I always tell them, well, first of all, your coach only needs to be one step above you. Like they don't need to be 20 million steps. As a matter of fact, for anybody who is new, whether it's real estate or business, I advocate all the time, start, like, start smaller, start somewhere where it's your local investment group. And there are three to five guys there who are having successes, right? Go to an event where you maybe are only buying general admission tickets, but general admission ticket is all you need because you're going to be in the group of people who, like you said, are just as passionate and crazy and you experimenting, learning, losing money, making money and kind of like trying and it's trial and error. But if some of them are ultimately are going to be better than you. So you don't need to compare yourself, you know, two million steps above where you're looking at them at the pedestal, and, you know, in that expression, I hate when people say that good for you. No, good for you means like I can never be you and I need you to realize that anybody can be me or you. All it is is steps in the process, right? I always say this line. I say if skills are learnable, success is learnable too. So all you need to do is find people who can teach you one skill, one step above from where you are, and you will be successful. You said I start first. What's behind the name, the movement? 
behind I start first? It literally started with a hashtag because I feel that part of the mentality, especially with women being, you know, being prepared for being in relationships and marriage and being in that partner role is that a lot of times they view men as a financial plan, right? They view sometimes men as sort of a retirement system, which is not the case. I don't care if you're in a successful relationship. You absolutely should know everything about your own finances. You need to know where you stand you need to know what you are doing and what your partner is doing with the money where that money is so you still need to play a part and have the knowledge for the foundation of your life just being in a relationship doesn't define that as a foundation so for me that's why like i said when i use the hashtag for the first time what it meant for me is that as a woman you need to start first if you want the change go to your partner today and ask them hey I don't need to be an investor, but this is a partnership. I want to know kind of a little bit in a simple version what we're doing. If you want to, you know, learn about whatever it is, whatever idea you have, go sit down with somebody and talk to them about that. So you have to start saving yourself. It's not about anybody else. And basically whatever, and it goes to men too, whatever life you want to create, you are the only person who can deliver it to you first. And so that's where I start first came from. It's interesting. I think my observation is is uh, women tend to be in supporting roles, and they're really good in supporting men. Uh, they're they're kind of like you know lone rangers, and they're like you know. There's women that tend to be in a supporting role. Certainly, my wife is. She's super supportive, but she's not one to want to be in the limelight or to be in a leadership position. She prefers to stay in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if, if is that a female thing or is that is that maybe something that uh, that may influence women in in, in some way. I, I do think it's a female thing. Like I said, it does come with their bringing, but I also don't think anything is wrong with that. You see, to me, leadership is not necessarily defined by being in limelight or partnership or, you know, being kind of like having that foundation in your life. There are plenty of women who are doing supporting roles and doing them in a great way, but they still have the knowledge in the presence, right? So she absolutely, I'm certain, does parts of your life that you maybe wouldn't do as successfully as she's doing. So to me... It's really about that. It's understanding that, yes, as a female, you can absolutely be in a supportive role. It's not necessarily, you know, I literally just posted a quote yesterday where I said, basically, the outcome of who you are is not dependent on volume of your roar. And I did it on purpose because I wanted to post as a reminder for women that not every woman is meant to be on stage coaching and preaching. There is women who are doing and going to do supportive roles, you know, being that foundation for their families, for their partnerships, for a lot of businesses in the country, and they don't have to project and speak loud. They can be quiet and composed and do things incredibly well. But yes, do I think it's definitely done better by women? Absolutely. And part of it is, like I said, they are bringing too. Yeah, it's funny. I, I see some of the, what you're talking about in my, in my own wife, and I should probably bring her in, but she's, <laughs> she's too afraid to be in the limelight. But what's happening when she comes to my live events, other women come up to her and they mm-hmm. ask her questions. How, How is that? it like to be, you know, married yeah. to an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. How do you put up with the ups and downs? How mm-hmm. do you, how do, how do I, and this happens every single time. And now she's like, you know, they're coming to me for advice. Yeah. Why, you know, and maybe I should do something about it. Like that's what she's, maybe I should do something about it. Somehow yeah. I, I appear to have, be valuable to someone, but okay. she's, she's very, very reluctant. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just, just, I have a single data point. 
Back no, to but it's you're... very true. I've seen that a lot. And while, first of all, a huge shout out to your wife, because it does take a special woman to be married to an entrepreneur, 100%. Yes, and, and, and a special <laughs> man. I will actually argue both cases. Yes, it takes a special human being to be married to an entrepreneur, no doubt. But yes, she absolutely has a super valid point. And she is maybe reluctant because, again, the only way she perceives that help is that she would have to be in a limelight. But you see, there are other avenues. She could do a book where she gets to write it on her own terms in her own bedroom without really talking to anybody about that. And then, you know, she may not be willing to go on a book tour and be on stage, but she may be willing to do podcasts about the book where she again sits in her own bedroom. So I always tell women there are multiple avenues for you to execute your dreams and it doesn't always mean the limelight. However, this is what I see a lot of jumps with that reluctancy. This is where it happens. The minute they will, like, let's say she makes a book, right? She writes a book. The minute she gets those two, three emails from the, another woman who says, you changed my life, you saved my marriage, you completely changed my outlook, all bets are off. This women go, ha, huh, I want to talk to more women. And maybe they go into small circle first, and maybe they bring 30 women together and share that and do a book reading. You know, so I literally see that, he, because like I said, that, that background of, I want everybody win mentality. The minute they feel that need to nurture someone else, that's where everything happens. Like the breakthrough happens right at that point. That is fantastic. That's really amazing. Now, when people come to you to your boot camp, to I Start Boot Camp or the one-on-one coaching, what do they want? Why are they coming to you? Uh, a lot of times it's essentially to either start or scale the business. It's a reluctant woman who sits there on an idea and washes her hair every day in the shower and says, I wish, but would, what would happen? So a lot of times it's that. Um, a lot of times they already have a business and they're tired of kind of playing small and sitting at that same like spinning wheels at that same level. And I teach them, you know, my nickname is Queen of Pushing Boss Babes Off the Ledge in a good way. You know, I make them jump because I know their wings are already there. I don't make them jump to crash. But you know, it's that it's literally me given that push to go major level. Like I take women, you know, from main street to elevate them to the level I know they can be at and play at their biggest potential. Uh, and it, it's, a lot of times it's career women who either have been in the same career and maybe are ready to go to that C level. Or maybe they've been in the sea level for a while and now they're scared because they're not growing. You know, they feel very stagnant. So it's literally to up-level their business and mindset. What are some of the major aha moments that people experience when they go through their boot camp? Uh, that I can do anything. <laughs> That's mm. definitely one of them. The fact how quickly a lot of times they will uh, either scale or start their business. Like we've had extraordinary, extraordinary examples to date. I have a girl who's launching. She literally came to me with a beer, uh, with an idea on a napkin for a beer line, a female owned brewery. And that was seven months ago. And now in two months, she's launching her brewery right here in Phoenix, Arizona, like full on. It's being built right now. So it was mind blowing for her that you could go in seven months from idea on a napkin to a full blown execution. So a lot of times women's timelines are off. They think some things take faster and some things take a lot longer. So I help them to fix those skewed timelines because you see women also are superhuman. They think we all have capes so we can do like 20 things at once, which don't always work out very well. I am in a big opposition of multitasking. I think you should do everything well 
consistently. So, uh, but yeah, women are tending to get a lot more on their calendars that they can actually deliver. So we fix that. We fix a lot of times. One of the biggest ahas is that I can do both. I can have that balance where I can be the business diva and the mogul and build my company and be successful, but also be the great mom, the great partner. A lot of times it happens a little bit later when they're like in the mid-stage companies or C-level, they lose one or the other. And that's where I come in and help them build that balance. I mean, to a degree, I obviously realize things happen, but to a degree to find them that balance of life. And because to me, if you don't have peace, money doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. That's so true. You mentioned women with capes on. You, you, you mentioned also that these, this alpha woman, like what yeah. is an alpha woman? Oh, gosh. Yes. So I literally, this is my biggest drive right now to move, I call them, yes, to move them away from alpha woman mentality, because that's where they decide to become a man and bro and drive with that, like, don't, I have to be competitive. All other women here out trying to get me, they talk at you or parallel to you. They don't really do well with other women. And a lot of times I see that again, as they're progressing in their career, because they have to compete with men a lot of times and you know we still have the disparage and that you know discretion of women of you know money earned and all that but they also get into that drive zone which is not even that that's how they lose the feminine side right they become so competitive and so male like all the main traits become dominant and that's not a good thing and that's honestly one of the biggest things I drive at my events is to bring other women who are successful and are super collaborative to show them how much further you can get by collaborating properly. So imagine you have your ideal avatar woman in front of you, right? She's mm -hmm. got some dreams, but she's lacking in confidence. And you're sitting in front of her and you have 90 seconds to talk to her, maybe yell at her, do something. What would you say to her? <laughs> uh, you already have everything you need inside you. So stop being scared. And I need you to go to exactly through 90 seconds of fear. Because once you step over, you step over into your fear, you make that call, you make that jump, you start that business, all it's gonna take is 90 seconds. Once that 90 second passes, you will never be afraid again. And guess what? You will never be able to be at that level again. So once you elevate yourself once past the 90 seconds, it's over, you're playing at a different level. So you can never come back and say, I didn't know, because now you know. Love it so much, Olenka. Olenka, how can people find out more about you? Uh, yeah, it's olenkakalanen.com, just like my name. There is a free book, ebook available that's called Stop Preparing, Start Doing, which is exactly what I teach. Men and women will find it super, super helpful. And if I can ever add value via boot camps or via coaching, I obviously am there and available. There's a way to contact me. It's olenkakalanen.com. Come hang out. I respond to everything myself, even though I do have assistance, but it will come from me, I promise. Uh, no bots, no auto systems. So thank you, Michael, so much. That's awesome. So it's Olenka Cullinan is O-L-E-N-K-A and then Cullinan is C-U-L-L-I-N-A-N.com. And the other website is istartfirst.com. So Olenka, thank you so much for being here and for speaking to the women in the audience. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michael. It was amazing. So we need more women entrepreneurs. We need more women real estate investors. Why are there not more women? I don't know. I'd like to hear from you. If you're a woman, when this airs, go on social because there's going to be a blog post 
for this podcast episode. I'm the Michael Blanc on Instagram and the Michael Blanc on Facebook. And let me know why are you not jumping in? Why are you not pursuing your dreams? I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to get to the bottom of this. Now, Lenka has been working with him in a lot more longer than, than I have, and she's giving us some clues. She says that women particularly struggle with confidence and this idea that you're not enough, that there's something that you can't be helpful to somebody else. And I was like that as well early on. I didn't feel very helpful at all. And it's something you need, literally have to overcome. I think my observation has been for me, when I put something out, and you get an affirmation back, that was super helpful. That just keeps me going. And I think Olenka said the same thing. Once you put yourself out there and you are helping someone with anything and someone affirms you and thanks you and says, my gosh, this really made a big difference in my life, it keeps you going. You just have to put yourself out there first. And I will guarantee you that you'll be affirmed as well. I think every person, every woman has a message to help other women. Every man has a message in them to help other men or other people. Everyone has a message. Everyone can help someone. Uh, everyone can't help everyone, but everyone can help someone. How can you serve your tribe, right? And I really liked encouraging uh, that to be a leader, you don't have to be in the limelight. She talked about, for example, you can be a leader by writing a blog. You're behind a blog or writing a book. You're not, you're not on stage talking or interacting. You can be behind the scenes, but you're getting your message out. You're serving your audience. And I, I think the key takeaway is that you know women can overcome their biggest limiting beliefs by finding other women. And this is encouraging even in my own in my own events. There's more and more women coming to these events. And it's easy for you because there's not that many of them, though it's getting more. It's just finding those other women and getting together with them and just jamming with them. Because there's not a lot of women entrepreneurs out there, just like there's not a lot of multifamily investors, when we come together at these events, it's really, really encouraging to everyone going out there because it's kind of a lone sport, is find other women. And she talked about finding a mentor is, is so super valuable. And she didn't do it apparently when she was younger and I didn't do it either. When I got into the restaurant business, I did not have a mentor, which is probably why I lost all my money in the restaurant business. I just felt I had a lot of money at the time and a certain amount of arrogance and thought, hey, what can go wrong? And then the recession came and quickly showed me what could go wrong. But looking back on it, I had never considered the downside. I didn't scale properly. I hired the wrong people. I made all these mistakes that a mentor could have prevented. Another thing that mentor can do, though, it can really help you with confidence. And that's something that Alenka is really good at. She's in your face. She doesn't take crap from anyone, not even from, from women. She's, she's gentle yet firm. And really, as a coach, that's a, that's a sign of a great coach. You have to have a person like that. If it's an unpaid person, they have to be able to be candid with you. And they have to be able to help you overcome limiting beliefs and a lack of confidence in the way that Alanka has done. So definitely check her, check her website out and see what kind of program she has for women. If you're interested in getting specifically done with a multifamily space, we also have a mentoring program. It's at themichaelblank.com forward slash mentor. We actually do have some female students. Cheryl Gervey, just shout out to Cheryl if you listen to this. You rock. Uh, she closed a 36 unit down in North Carolina recently, and she recruited two other people, and they raised $760,000 to close on this 36 units. And she's just awesome. She also presented at Dealmaker Live in July, did a fantastic job, woman leader. And so there are female students out there. Um, if you think that mentoring is right for you, check it out at themichaelblanc.com forward slash mentor. And you schedule a call with us and see if mentoring is 
right for you. Even if you can't afford an investment in yourself with a mentor, then surround yourself with a group of supporting people. You're looking for two kinds of people. One is a peer group. These are people, in this case, women who want to do what you want to do at your level. That's number one. Number two is you need a subject matter expert. You need someone who has done what you want to do. And then you either need to convince them to do it without pay or you need to pay that person. So you need both of those people, either paid or unpaid. And if you do that, your probability of success are going to be much, much higher. So thanks so much for your kind attention. Catch you guys on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Apartment Building Investing Podcast with Michael Block. For more free podcasts, articles, and videos, go to themichaelblanc.com. There, you can also download the free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Till next time.